It's March 14th. Our reading today in the New Testament will come from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 56. We'll be learning about submitting. What an honor to be chosen to be the mother of the Messiah. Mary humbly submitted to the Lord because she had faith that He would keep His promise. Her decision would bring her sorrow and suffering, but she willingly yielded it. She was blessed among women because of the grace of God given to her. All who trust Christ as their Savior are highly graced by the Lord. We're going to read about singing here in this chapter. A pregnant Jewish girl from Nazareth engaged to marry a poor carpenter. What did Mary have to sing about? Well, she sang about the Lord, what He did for her, for all who fear Him, and she sang for His people Israel. You know, God gives power to the weak, thrones to the lowly, and food to the hungry, but the strong, the rich, and the mighty go away empty. Our God is a good God. Zacharias praised God for what He would do for His people, His people Israel. It was the dawning of a new day because the Messiah was about to be born. God keeps His promises and is faithful to His covenants. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. March 14th, Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 56. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her. For God has decided to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be very great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, and I am willing to accept whatever He wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, You are blessed by God above all other women, and your child is blessed. What an honor this is, that the mother of my Lord should visit me. When you came in and greeted me, 
My baby jumped for joy the instant I heard your voice. You were blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what He said. Mary responded, Oh, how I praise the Lord! How I rejoice in God my Savior! For He took notice of His lowly servant girl, and now generation after generation will call me blessed. For He, the Mighty One, is holy, and He has done great things for me. His mercy goes on from generation to generation to all who fear Him. His mighty arm does tremendous things. How He scatters the proud and haughty ones! He has taken princes from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. And how He has helped His servant Israel! He has not forgotten His promise to be merciful, for He promised our ancestors Abraham and his children to be merciful to them forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Mike Wells, director of the Lancaster campus. Catch it live or catch it later, either one. Uh, this is hopefully going to uh, impact you as it has me. Over the years, we started teaching uh, the three key elements of transformation. And these three key elements are something that we don't set down or we achieve uh, within a certain amount of time or that uh, maybe we gain so much knowledge that it doesn't apply to us. No, the three key elements of transformation is something that is a lifelong application and is necessary no matter what season of life we are in. And those three keys, uh, just to remind us, uh, first one is willingness. Um, and willingness uh, doesn't just necessarily mean I'm willing to take a look at it, but willingness says I'm open to it. I'm open to receiving. I'm open to uh, change. I'm open to redirection. I'm open to a new direction. And so willingness is a key part of the uh, transformation in our life. And second is investing. Um, am I investing into the process? Am I investing into what people are uh, giving me, whether that's information or uh, destination, whatever they're asking me to do, am I willing and opening to do it? And, and here's, let's, let's raise it up a bar here. Am I willing to follow God no matter what, no matter the cost? Am I investing in discipleship? Am I investing in this process that God has started me in or taking me through or keeping me in through the rest of my life? Am I investing? Am I getting in my word? Am I praying? Am I praying for others? Am I praying with others? Am I involving, involving myself into the community, in the Veritas uh, Community Church? Am I getting involved with the connect team? Am I serving in some capacity in my neighborhood? Because one of us, um, we can do some impact, but we are better together. And when we join together with the congregation and we invest in other people's lives and we invest in our own life, man, I'm telling you what, change happens. Change really begins to take form. And when we move over to the last piece, which is the third part of the key to the transformation is um, accountability. 
And accountability says, do you have a mentor? Do you have guys that you can walk alongside? And these aren't yes men. These are these are guys that are going to tell you the truth. These are going to these are going to be guys that notice when you're off base. These are going to be guys that walk life together. Not just a journey of 13 months, but these are guys that walk life together. I have a guy I call every Monday, every Tuesday sometimes. Um, either way, one of those days. Um, and I just tell him my crap. I tell him what's going on. I tell him the good, the bad, the ugly. And I've known him since uh, 2005, 2006. And this guy is very dear to my heart. Uh, my family and I are friends with him and his wife. And man, it's just a blessing to be walking life together with him. And, you know, I've got a coach. I've got a coach that um, I talk to on a monthly basis, my wife and I, and then a uh, spiritual mentor. It's important that we have people in our life that continually challenge us and help us grow and know us uh, so that we can stay on the path that God has before us. And when we're talking about transformation without those three keys, it is, I, I, I don't know how it can happen, um, but I just seen God work so many different ways and, and through the process of transformation and, and my own life and others' lives. So guys, just be encouraged today that if you follow those three keys, you're destined to see uh, transformation, no doubt about it. Love you guys. Psalm 57 verses 1 through 11. This psalm and Psalm 142 are what we call cave psalms that can give you great encouragement. See, your own cave may be a sick room, a difficult place of ministry, or even a home where there is tension or trouble, lack of love, lack of affection. If you do what David did, you will experience peace and victory even in your cave. David's faith transformed his cave into a holy of holies. His confidence was not in the rocks, but under his wings. You see, in spite of sharp teeth, nets, and pits, David was sure of God's help. His desire was not just to escape, but to exalt the Lord. In fact, when he awakened the next morning, he picked up his harp and sang praises to God. The principle here is trust Him, exalt Him, sing praises to Him. This approach worked for David in his cave, and it will work for you in your cave. March 14th, Psalm, chapter 57, verses 1 through 11. For the choir director, a psalm of David, regarding the time he fled from Saul and went into the cave, to be sung to the tune, Do Not Destroy. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until this violent storm is past. I cry out to God Most High, to God who will fulfill His purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to save me, rescuing me from those who are out to get me. My God will send forth His unfailing love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, and whose tongues cut like swords. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. My enemies have set a trap for me. 
I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my soul. Wake up, O harp and lyre. I will waken the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, in front of all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 9 through 11. Evil words destroy one's friends. Wise discernment rescues the godly. The whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. They shout for joy when the godless die. Upright citizens bless a city and make it prosper. But the talk of the wicked tears it apart. <laughs>